0: Hi, and welcome to the landscape of Crane's Cleveland podcast. We are presented with the support of Medical Mutual. I'm your host, Dan Paletta, glad you can be with us. Whether we're catching a rapid out to Hopkins, driving our kids to school in a car, or riding a bike for exercise, transportation of course plays an important part in our lives. But what transportation looked like in 30 years in Cleveland? That's the question that the Northeast Ohio Area-Wide Coordinating Agency, better known as NOWACA, addresses in their new report, Eneo 2050. It is the final draft of a four-year-long update of its long-range transportation plan. Here to tell us what the plan might look like is the agency's executive director, Grace Colucci. Grace, thanks for being with us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Dean. It's my pleasure to be here and talk about Eneo 2050, the long-range plan.
0: Let's talk for a moment before we dive into some of the details of the plan. Remind us, and I'm sure most landscape listeners know what NOACA is, but just in case somebody doesn't, give us a quick synopsis. What exactly does NOACA do?
1: So NOACA is the Metropolitan Planning Organization for Greater Cleveland. We represent five counties in Northeast Ohio, Cuyahoga, Geauga, Lake, Lorraine, and Medina. And we are primarily tasked with transportation planning. Um, but also some environmental planning as well. And our jurisdiction or authority comes from the federal government.
0: You are governed by a board as well, some 46 members, correct?
1: That is correct. Um, Our board is entirely local elected and appointed officials. And the idea behind that is um, in the 50s and 60s, when the highway construction was moving through the uh, localities, there were really some issues that came up uh, that, that were not um, welcomed by locals. And so Congress determined that there needs to be some joint planning between the federal, the state, and the local governments. And these this, these metropolitan planning organizations were their answer to that.
0: So E-Neo 2050 does project 30 years out. That's kind of a long way out. Why, why try to uh, go out that far?
1: The federal government does require us to plan out for at least 20 years. And considering where we are in this time uh, relative to technology and particularly transformational technology around transportation, we really wanted to make sure that we were looking out enough time that we could include some of those things into our plan.
0: Does the public play a role in the plan at all?
1: The public plays a significant role in the plan. So as part of the development process, uh, we certainly utilize our own planning efforts uh, back at the office, which includes modeling and research and such. Um, But we do need to engage the public in the conversations around the future of transportation. It's their future. This is their community and they need to be engaged in the planning for what that future looks like. And so the uh, public process is absolutely critical to the work that we do.
0: Before we talk about those details, how do you travel? Are you mostly in the car? Are you able to take public transportation? How do you get around?
1: So I get around um, planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm, I'm full, uh, full service there. Um, I do drive. I have a convertible, so I do enjoy driving sometimes. Um, but I also live in Shaker Heights and live right next to the uh, Rapid Line. And that was intentional so that I could have a choice to either travel by car or by transit. And, of course, walking and biking. Biking, probably not so much, but walking I do enjoy.
0: This is The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. More of our conversation in just a moment. But first, a word from our partner, Medical Mutual. And NEO 2050, there's an E before the NEO. E, NEO 2050. So what does the E mean?
1: So the E is for equity. And equity in the context of transportation and environmental planning means fairness. And the idea that our plans should benefit all people and particularly bring no harm or disadvantage to any part of the population. Uh, so, we are looking to ensure that we have a transportation system that truly works for everybody and that everybody can access.
0: So, one of the major themes of this plan is transportation planning, obviously. And one of the things we see as we look in the report ENEO 2050 2050s, lots of references to job hubs. So, what is a job hub and why are they so important to this particular plan?
1: Yeah, so job hubs are centers of employment. Uh, that result either from planning or uh, because of market focuses. Think about agglomeration in the economic sense. We have six major job hubs in the region. Uh, that's downtown Cleveland, University Circle, Hopkins Airport, Independence, Solon, and 271 Chagrin Highlands. We identify job hubs based on the density of jobs in a particular square mile or, you know, idea of a a location. And then the number of commuters that come from all five of the counties in the region to that particular location. Uh, We also have some minor and legacy job hubs in each of the counties that are smaller and more localized relative to the commuters. Um, Why do we care about job hubs? Job hubs are, are, are very important because employment, or work trips as we call them, are the single highest category of trips for people in the region. As you can imagine, uh, we need to plan for how people get to work reliably and safely.
0: My travel for me when I was working downtown involved going up and down Chester Avenue, but many of my colleagues came in with a complaint of the horrible morning commutes on 90. Are there any plans to try to mitigate rush hour problems in Northeast Ohio, especially as you head into downtown Cleveland?
1: So it is a requirement for us to have a congestion mitigation plan. So we do have a plan in our Eneo 2050. Um, However, I will say that Northeast Ohio enjoys a very robust network of highways and roadways, and we have some of the shortest commute times in the United States. Uh, Northeast Ohioans spend by far the fewest annual peak hours wasted in congestion than almost any other city our size. Uh, Commute times average here between 35 to 42 minutes, and we do therefore um, uh, focus on improving the highways and the roadways to reduce that commute time, but in terms of the actual congestion, uh, we probably don't have congestion more than just a few minutes um, each day uh, during that rush hour, and we are looking at including things that are improvements to the condition of the roads which help keep traffic moving as well as things like ramp metering for the interstate and synchronized traffic signalization like we just did down Chester Avenue.
0: If you read the report you'll see quite a few references to the notion of having to have a car really to be involved in Northeast Ohio in many respects especially when it comes to employment. What are we going to do for people who don't have cars but need to get to work?
1: You know that's a great question. Um, Here in Northeast Ohio, in the Noacka Five County region, one in every 10 households does not have a car. That's pretty significant. It's actually higher than anywhere else in the state and anywhere else in the country. So we have um, a high rate of folks who need to access the economy, meaning jobs, as well as other things like doctors, schools, activities, and don't have a car. So how do we plan for that? That takes us back to the point of equity. In 1968, when Noaca developed its first long-range plan, it had a plan that included highways and transit, and the highway network uh, materialized, in fact, it exceeded its expectations for uh, the plan. Transit, however, really did not, so transit is essentially the same as it was in 1968. And so that puts us at a disadvantage as a region, particularly uh, relative to workforce and accessing the economy. So what do we do about that? Well, Eneo 2050 looks at ensuring that we have more equity around what we call modes, auto, transit, biking, walking, as well as ensuring that that equity is provided for people who currently don't have choices, don't have automobiles, to ensure that they do have choices. So um, transit, walking, and biking ends up being their alternatives if you don't have a car. And we are prioritizing within the plan the maintenance and enhancement of the existing transportation infrastructure, but we're also adding things to ensure that there's a first-mile and last-mile uh, connection for the pedestrian and bikeways. Um, also shuttle services if you're taking transit. Um, we're also trying to look at the overall commute time for transit. Um, I told you it was 35 minutes to 42 for a car. For somebody in transit, the average commute time to a job is 71 minutes to 106 minutes. Um, So when you think about equity, that's not very equitable. Uh, We've provided a great network of roads and highways to get you where you need to go. We need to think about that the same way now for transit. Uh, We've got visionary plans within the ENEO 2050 that looks out 30 years and says, how can we truly make this transit system exciting and, and accessible for people?
0: You often hear people who don't use public transit say things like, well, I don't know why I should support that. I don't, I don't ride the bus. I don't take the train. Do we need to try to change mindsets that transportation, public transportation is not an alternative mode of transportation, but is in fact a mode of transportation just straight out for many people?
1: I think that's exactly right. We have to look at the transportation system as exactly that, a system. And the system includes cars, bikes, transit, walking. And we need to think about how that system benefits everyone and how the modes uh, of transportation are interrelated. Even for folks that never use transit, there are benefits to them. For example, there's benefits of improved air quality by taking cars off the road. There's improvements in congestion. Um, If we were to put all of the people that are currently on buses and trains out onto the roadways in single occupancy vehicles, we would have some uh, challenges then related to congestion. So there is that uh, that that you need to look at. But then I would also say, you know, the opposite is true. Should people who don't have cars have to pay for uh, transportation systems uh, for essentially for modes that they may not use? Um, and, and that becomes a, a question of equity as well.
0: Grace Galushi is with us. She is the executive director of NOWAC, and We're talking about ENEO 2050, a plan that looks at what transportation will look like in Cleveland in 30 years. We're doing it on The Landscape, a Crane's Cleveland podcast, thanks to Medical Mutual for their support of this effort. Grace, this is a plan that not only deals with transportation, but has a real comprehensive feel to it. You also deal with things about housing and land use. Why do you bring those into the mix?
1: Yeah, so you know that's a great question, too. Um, we've had that question quite a bit as part of the, uh, the, the public engagement process, and the question is very similar to how you stated uh, it, which is, we are a transportation agency. Why are we concerned about comprehensive planning uh, that speaks to housing and land use, economic development, and the environment? The environment, we kind of say, well, that's a little bit of our purview. That makes more sense. But let's break that down a little bit. Let's talk about housing first. Um, Housing literally is the beginning and end of our transportation planning efforts. Why? Because housing is the origin and destination of all trips that people make. So we need to better understand where people live and where the places that they want to go are located. What are those connections? How are those connections made? So we have an interest in housing and housing policy and particularly then the land use. So we can provide the most efficient and effective transportation system that supports the economy and enhances quality of life. Um, For us, it's about improving the location efficiency of the relationship between home, work, school, hospitals, cultural, and entertainment venues. Now, Uh, Make no mistake, we are not responsible for housing policy or planning for housing or land use, um, uh, certain parts of the the environment and economic development. Nevertheless, again, transportation uh, provides the foundation for those things, as well as they impact the way we can plan for transportation. So they are intrinsically connected, and we need to have an understanding of those relationships.
0: You mentioned the environment. What does the plan have to say about transportation and its relationship to the environment?
1: Well, the most obvious one is air quality. So we'd say that's the most critical component of our plan relative to the environment. But we also are concerned with water quality, which is one of our areas of purview. And water quality is negatively impacted by impervious surfaces, such as roadways. So we need to be cognizant of that. And that particularly is relevant around developments or new developments. Um, But let's focus more on air quality. Uh, Many of your listeners probably don't realize it, um, but mobile emissions are now the primary source of air pollutants. It's no longer industrial. In the 70s in Cleveland, you knew uh, that we had challenges relative to the environment because of our smokestacks and the air pollution. That's not the case anymore. Poor air quality. Um, negatively impacts the economy and the quality of life through now, um, mostly traveling through automobiles, trucks, etc. And the health impacts uh, such as asthma, infant mortality, and more impact our communities and the people that live in our communities in a very unspeakable, heinous way. Um, and society then also bears the brunt of the overall cost, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of what we call externalities in economics. That means third parties who are affected by a transaction that they are not involved in. So they are not driving uh, the vehicles, but they're impacted negatively by the uh, air pollution from those vehicles. And so we've thought about... Um, in the plan, what can we do about this? Well, we can drive more environmentally friendly vehicles. Uh, we can reduce the number of trips we make, or we can sh- uh, shorten the length of the trips that we make. And in this plan, we have programs and policies that have been developed to advance. Advance all three of those strategies. So primarily our workforce mobility initiatives that better align where people work and live and travel. And then something like our EV charging stations program that supports adoption rates of electric vehicles in our region.
0: We've been talking about our commute to and from work as part of the plan, but there are times when we're not going to work. So how does the plan address those issues when you just need to get around? I need to go to the grocery store, I need to go to the doctor, or I'm going to go out tonight. I want to go to Playhouse Square. Does the plan deal with those issues at all?
1: It does. I mean, I I have to say that obviously because most trips are work trips, that's where our primary focus um, looks at, and particularly because the work trips are generally what cause congestion. Even if it is a little bit of congestion, we've got more Uh, depending on locations. But we also have a very ambitious plan to address traveling sort of outside of the commute time, Uh, particularly related to other modes of transportation. Uh, We have a thousand miles of bicycle facilities uh, that are being uh, planned for the next 30 years, including trails that can be used in uh, not so much commuting, but just traveling for other reasons. Uh, We're implementing plans Uh, planning activities around lakefront connectivity to capitalize on one of our most significant assets in Northeast Ohio. Uh, We're also working on a regional connectivity plan with our metro parks agencies across the five counties to better support their efforts to connect to the neighborhoods in their communities, as well as between the parks in the region. So we do have some thought put into traveling for recreational purposes outside of work. And then much of the other planning that we do, say, for Uh, doctors or school trips, often that falls in one of those two categories that I just talked about. Uh, So we do look at it more comprehensively. and We do think that there is um, something for everybody in this plan.
0: Much of our conversation is also centered on transportation and the individual, but what about in terms of an economic impact? What does transportation do for the economy when it is improved here in Northeast Ohio?
1: So, um, you know, transportation, no pun intended, drives the economy. Uh, So we have a transportation system, uh, literally and figuratively, that drives the economy that is the foundation for our overall economic well-being. Uh, The economy is about moving people and goods, and it's about moving people and goods efficiently. So there is that direct connection, and of course, it's long been proven that transportation projects spur economic development for communities, for the region. Uh, we know that to be true both for road projects as well as transit projects. Uh, you don't need to look too much farther than um, the Brecksville Interchange, which played a very important role in keeping Sherwin-Williams here. And you don't need to look too much farther than the um, RTA's bus rapid transit line, uh, now called the Health Line along Euclid Avenue. Uh, that has generated more than $10 billion worth of of economic development, including the continued and more robust expansion of the Cleveland Clinic. So there are definitely uh, connections to the economy in a direct and an indirect way. And you, know, you also need to think about it in the, uh, the terms of an employer and an employee. Employees need to get to jobs and employers need employees.
0: We often talk here in Northeast Ohio about trying to attract people to the region to try to get people, young talent to come to the region to help improve our economy, not only as as having more people here, but taking the jobs that we need to get done here. And I've often talked to people who uh, live in Hingetown and the developers who are developing down there, and they talk about people saying, I would like to have a car, but I want to park my car and maybe use it once a week. Is this issue of being able to present to people, say to them, we have the kind of transportation that you can do that, that you're going to be able to get where you need to go without really having to worry about your car, an attraction feature for Northeast Ohio, if we can get to that point?
1: So in Northeast Ohio, we are already in the best position statewide and even in the Midwest with a robust transit framework that's really the envy of many cities. Um, our network of heavy rail is the largest of any city its size. It's really just a matter of taking care of what we have and then leveraging it. Our plan uh, contains, as I mentioned earlier, an exciting visionary plan for the future of Northeast Ohio. As part of that plan, we have a focus on TOD, transit oriented development, And TOD is a strategy to attract talent so that we can better compete with cities like Chicago and New York on the large city size, but also medium-sized cities like Denver, Salt Lake, and Charlotte. Again, we've got the basic structure. We've got a good structure. If we had to build the transit system today that we already have, it would be billions and billions of dollars, and we would not be able to do it. So we have to respect the legacy that was given to us and uh, continue to maintain it and leverage it for uh, better utilization by both our business sector and our um, everyday folks getting to and from work.
0: NOAC is in the business of making plans. So how do you go back and assess if a previous plan was successful?
1: Um, You know, we do before and after studies. Um, Just like I mentioned earlier that we have looked at the 1968 plan in order to uh, determine what it is that we should be doing for the next 30 years. And what that states is, like many of our other projects uh, and programs, um, this was a plan Did it work? Did it not work? Was it executed? Was it not executed? Did it do what it was intended to do? And once we um, assess that, we make adjustments. A long-range plan is intended to look out to the future 20 or 30 years, but we have the opportunity to amend that plan every four years in an official capacity with the federal government. We also can make changes to it, um, even on an interim basis, should things change or should we determine that there isn't something quite right with the alignment that we thought there was uh, with how we're moving the communities forward versus the transportation. It also leaves us some room for um, accepting things that perhaps we didn't know, uh, whether it's a safety issue or whether it's more transformational like a Hyperloop.
0: Grace, this is fascinating. I look forward to see what the future brings. I want when we we'll talk in four years, I want some flying cars though. I've been promised that from the Jetsons and I want to see them.
1: Uh, you know, I don't know if I can uh, if I can give you flying cars. That would involve the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. Uh, that's out of outside of my purview. Um, but you know, all the things that we talked about, and particularly when you think about um, for your listeners who are business folks, um, what's what's in the plan for them? In addition to all the things that we've talked about relative to employers and employees and job access and mobility, I want to highlight also the. Freight network. You know, we have a terrific freight network here in Northeast Ohio that we have developed over 100 years. And that has allowed businesses to um, reliably move goods and keep costs down. So may not be flying cars or what do they call those things, Uh, drones Drones. that will deliver packages. We might not be there yet, um, but we still have a lot of great things that we have in this community. We've built in this community and that we're going to continue to maintain and leverage for the future at the same time that we're adopting new transformative technologies like car platooning, truck platooning um, and other things. Maybe not quite the the flying car, but we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do for you, Dan.
0: Grace Galucci, thanks so much for joining us today. It's fascinating to find out what may be coming here in twenty to thirty years. Grace Galucci is the executive director of Noaca. We've been talking about their plan, the Neo twenty fifty. You can find out more by visiting the Crane's website. This is the Landscape. We are a Crane's Cleveland podcast. We're presented with the support of Medical Mutual. I want to thank Grace for joining us. I want to thank our producer as well, Cody Smith. I'm Dan Paletta. We'll talk again soon.